Here we go. Is winning at all costs. Alright everybody, welcome back to Everything But The Kitchen Sink. Yeah. I'm your host for this week, Tate, and I'm here with Brian. What up? Nolan. Yeah, yeah. G-Money. Chicka-chicka what? Yeah! <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about winning and losing. Oh, and I'm Tate. I think I did introduce he myself. Did introduce damn it, G-Money. G-Money. <laughs> I guess I'm losing. God damn it. Oh well. That's just the way it goes. You already know who it is. Let's start into it. Take, go ahead. Winning or losing? What do you like more? I like winning more than I like losing. But I think losing is very important also. And I think losing makes people better. I like losing until I get the one win I really need. Exactly. I like to hide in the shadow of losing until the real game starts. Mm-hmm. You can't just wait around for the one win you need. But you that should, one win is so juicy. But you, you should prepare for all the wins. If you're no, I disagree. Every time. No. Why not? That That is just boring, and let me explain why. When you're playing to win every time, everyone already knows your strategy. But when you switch it up and you try different strategies and you lose sometimes, and then you know what you're going to do to win, it's just... Oh, well, then, it's all right. so, so strategic losses. Strategic, strategic losses. losses to Taken, win the war. The Taken movies. Strategically losing. Liam Neeson? Liam Wilson? <laughs> Liam, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson gets kidnapped. I think in the second he, he one. Wants, his, no. This is an example no, look, of losing. Liam Neeson <laughs> allows himself to get kidnapped yeah. so he can win. Yeah, it's his freedom at the end. Right, but see, that's that's the best part about hiding in the losing arena for some while is because then um, the people that are winning all the time, they end up they 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 don't keep their guard up anymore because they win all the time, and then the one win you really need, it's yours because they don't know that that's the win you're going for. I think doesn't that bring up an interesting point about winning and losing? Is there's not just one victory. So if you win one time. You that doesn't mean very much in the long in the grand scheme of things, right? Because someone can come up and knock you off your throne anytime. You can win a battle, but it, it but depends on what we're talking about, though. Right. So that maybe we should distinguish between competitions because there's there's, there's multiple forms of winnings, right? We can yeah, talk absolutely. about winning a board game. We can talk about winning an actual war, which I don't think any of us can talk from experience. But you can talk about winning your personal life, winning personal battles. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of so, wins and losses in in your life every I, day. Can you win against yourself? That's that's your biggest fight. See, I think. Absolutely. That's yeah. what I wanted to talk about actually a little bit. I think it's important to to beat yourself. And in, in order to actually night. win at anything, even in a competition, you're going to have to lose to yourself a hundred times to get better. So I think if you're, I think the healthy approach to winning and losing is to be trying to be better. So trying to beat yourself all the time. You, I think that's healthier than trying to beat your opponent all the time. You lose you, more. You can't control what your opponent's going to do. You know? You learn more by losing than winning. Exactly. Yeah, that's something that I, I read too. I, I was digging into some stuff, but there's a lot of philosophy about how important it is to lose. Oh, well. yeah. I mean, losing is, is the key to the car to winning. I mean, there are, I would say there's probably 1% of people who just are born to win. Because we, we can't say that there's not. I mean, if you look in history, there are certain men that, there are certain people that have just one alexander the great was born to a king and he immediately changed the world forever i mean there's a 
there's this Roman uh, general that I read about a lot. His luck was insane. His name was uh, Basilius. This guy was the luckiest general there ever was. So he he uh, sieged a city one time, and this was he never lost. By the way, he never lost any of his campaigns, and he sieged a city, and it was looking bad for him. They were uh, running out of supplies, and they were going to have to end the siege. And I shit you not, the city that he was sieging, their water uh, their water source dried up. So they had to surrender within a week because they lost all their water. And then he just won off of that. <laughs> I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is failing losing? Ponder that. Mm. Is failing failing losing. losing. I think failing is worse than losing. Because losing implies that you tried. Failing? failing to me means you didn't. I mean, you fail, right? It's Yeah, you have to try to fail. So wait, I agree. I, I agree with I can, what you're saying. I see. Are right. you kind of saying like if you wanted to be an Olympic athlete? All I'm saying and, is, and if you, you fail, do you automatically lose? That's it's just a oh, question. I mean, no, I don't know the answer. I'm so. asking what your opinion. No, are there's, on this. there's. Okay, this is where I'm saying that failing and losing are different. Failing means you didn't reach your goal, but losing means you lost to someone. So I maybe failed because I didn't get my new all-time record, but I didn't lose. The match but did you lose to yourself that's a f- well so it's failing on who your opponent is. is failing you losing to yourself or losing as you lose to someone else is that the difference well th- i i think failure is a very i think losing is kind of something that's more defined where someone else w- beat you some or you, you didn't win because there's only one winner and stuff is kind of how that's at least how we think about things mostly Oh yeah, um, but failure is different. I think you can fail, like you can fail before you even get to the chance where you could lose. Like you, if you wanted to be an athlete and you you didn't even get to the point where you could compete, you failed, and you right. didn't you didn't even get to lose. So it could be worse than losing. Is this all in the context so, of like competition? Well, still, I, you could you argue that life itself is a competition. Well, that's kind of what I was going to bring up next. But go ahead. Let Rick. me ask you this: then is success synonymous with winning? That's another good question that I was uh, again to. I would say they're separate. I think that those yeah. are two different ballparks because, again, yeah. you could win the gold medal, but did you really succeed if you didn't beat your old time? Oh, yeah. Or or, or, just or you question. could or you could lose the gold medal, but you could be super. You could have destroyed your own best time and be really fulfilled on that. It, I think it yeah. depends on how. You, I think a lot of this is how you feel, and and so it's all about outlook. It's outlook. So then, can you s- succeed and still lose? Yeah. Uh, Yes, like uh, yeah, like Taylor was just saying, yeah. you just shattered your own personal time, but you didn't win. You didn't get first place. Yeah, like you, you succeeded for sure because I'm sure but you didn't win. So okay. you guys think they're different? Mm-hmm. They're different. Yeah, they're not the same thing. Um, and again, that comes with the context that we're we're talking. So so goals, yeah. a finish line is very important. I think we can. Think I think we can differentiate between those. Two. From what you were talking about, metrics of success. I didn't win the competition, but I beat my old record. I think winning has a lot of planning. And picking a finish line to cross, and I guess in a sense be the first one to cross it, using that oh, metaphor. I don't, I don't know, because you can win without being the first one to cross. Uh, like for example, if you're in a debate, mm-hmm. um, you you can win by by distracting or upsetting your opponent. You didn't finish. You didn't beat them to the facts but you won because you broke them down i don't mean speed i mean accomplishing the objective 
in a sense where so there's your okay. own personal records and then you're looking at it where you're in a competition with a bunch of other people where it, the rules are defined I'm, I'm really talking about strict competition and how that can apply to even a debate or right. every other aspects of where you are in competition. So, for example, in the debate, you would win by achieving the goal of emotionally upsetting the other person before they get to you. Well, it's like it's like a a chess match where you're setting up all these things for an end game, and winning is. I think you were talking about it earlier, and at least some ways is getting all those things to flow into your end game. Like you're taking control of. Your environment. Uh, the environment, yeah. Yeah, it's like making everything fall into place so that at that moment where it actually counts and it's the score is recorded, whatever the, the thing is, that it lines up for you. That's So do you guys think it's actually a healthy mindset to think of uh, daily goals and maybe just in general life as winning and losing? Is that healthy or is that unhealthy? I personally think it, it can be healthy. I, I think it gives you... um. Uh, kind of like a reality check there there are you know when you go online you're like hey relax take a load off everyone's stressed out too but i think that narrative kind of just keeps you in place and how are you actually supposed to succeed if you're not comparing yourself to others and and like be be okay to lose like what, what what's the uh, big deal i, I mean I it agree does with you but i don't like the way you worded that i don't think that your <laughs> life should be compared to others you you know where I'm coming from? I know that wasn't necessarily the point you were trying to make, but I think it's incredibly dangerous. And not only that, it's incredibly selfish to compare your goals and ambitions to other people because those other people aren't you. So this is where I, I, I kind of lean in with, with uh, what Tate was saying. I think you need to look at winning and losing uh, introspectively. It, it's up to me to beat my goals. Like, I don't care if... Brian uh, buys a house before me, right? If that wasn't my goal, I don't need to necessarily compare that. More, more to that though. I'm just saying, not having that comparison, and not and you're not really trying to overtake that person. It's just understanding what your goals are at the end. I think by by not admitting the fact that a lot of people just kind of instinctively are like, oh, I'm a little envious of that person. Like, what are they doing, right? What are you doing to at first ask that question and then figure out how can I do it my way for myself? Yeah, and that's the way it should be perceived. But the thing that it actually just ends up to envy, which is why I'm a little reluctant to say that you should view life as winning and losing. Because I think if you're going to compare life to that, I think you actually have to end up sacrificing some human elements to quote unquote win. I think viewing life as winning and losing goes back to what I was asking you. Can you be successful with losing while losing? And can you be a failure while winning? Yeah, that definitely applies to this. Type so of thing. Oh, I think yeah. that takes what, like looking at your life. So because so, if you can be successful while losing and you're viewing life as winning and losing, if you're losing, you're still successful. Doesn't su- Aren't you so, still working? Isn't success more introspective than because you, you mm-hmm. success doesn't depend on anyone else what they're doing. You can be successful in your goals. So if you want to own a house, you buy the house. You succeeded in that goal for yourself. But if you're if you're thinking in a competitive way, 
like you have a you have a sibling and they buy a house before you and you think that they won that's kind of also your own perception of it and you can choose to feel like you lost but you also succeeded and that's that's a personal choice at the end of the day so is uh the difference between success and winning would be the competitiveness that's an element to it for sure that's an element yeah because to be successful aren't you still beating something even if it's yourself you're still beating your goals yes. whatever you set yes. out to do you're still but, winning but at again that. uh what we were or saying to take, win do you have to have a earlier, nemesis um to win someone has to lose and that's what to me okay. uh sets aside success and failure because if if it's introspective and it's your yourself I hope you're not winning because you're losing. So, I hope you're just successful. <laughs> so for the context of winning and losing, you need someone else or something else to lose. In my frame of mind, yes. So to be winning su- and losing is competing with with someone else, but success and failure is all you. So so being successful means nobody else loses or can mean that. I think being successful just means you, it doesn't mean you beat a goal or you beat anything. I think being successful means you got to a place and okay. failing means you did not get to that place. Right. Whereas winning, oh, winning I and like lo- that. Yeah. When yeah. I, I was just, I mean, it, I was just thinking about that winning yeah. and losing is more, there's more, um, involved in, in that because if you're winning, yeah, you have to beat someone else. And if you're losing someone else beat you, I think so, it's, so you can win a competition, but not meet your goals. So you're not. Yeah. Well, is that what so you're saying? You yes. would perceive yourself as a okay. failure even though you won. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, that makes totally. sense. Yeah. Now, we're, we're talking a lot about like, you know, competitions and whatnot, but the average Joe, you're not you're not competing, you know what I mean? We're like we're obviously not Olympic athletes or anything. But we can we can boil this down to a smaller scale. Like, um, do you guys ever truthfully take lessons you learn from board games to life? Because I, I try to. I really do. You know, not just board games, but playing games in general. Yeah, they provide yeah. A, I guess provide I like a huge, games. A huge support Definitely. to kind of how you adapt to things and obstacles that are in your way. Uh, try to make uh, goals, in a sense. But no, but no, but all I'm saying is, yeah, I totally. From the games that I've played, you can take it to real life. But I think you can also take to life the frustration of losing you know what i mean like you're playing your online game and you're constantly losing and then oh you just get so mad that's that's tough but i think the winning attitude or strategy is to accept that you might lose i think games teach you how to win and how to lose gracefully and i think what that teaches you is how to take success and failure in your life better because if if you don't ever play any games growing up as a kid or something and you never lose to someone else who's trying to beat you because that's kind of i think games are designed to put you in a situation where you're gonna win some and you're gonna lose some just like how life right. but when life there's no one actually trying to make you lose really um most of the time at least i guess um you're you're, you're still gonna fail and and it, if you lost in games it and you can lose gracefully and be a good sport it helps you kind of just cope with that and keep going i think you know you just said something that that making me think now you said well in life no one's really trying to make you lose so so i agree with that but does that mean that in our minds we're projecting someone out there and we're like we're thinking that someone's trying to make us lose i think so i think you might 
put those feelings into your job, perhaps. Yeah. Every, everyone yeah. might have some disdain towards where they're working at, but where what I'm really defining is what is that fight that, that I guess well, normal people, not Olympic athletes or anything like that, just working class people have. Right. As you said, someone's always trying to win and lose. You have to, someone has to lose for you to win. So therefore someone is, if you're trying to win, someone is trying to make you lose. And that's fair because you could argue like even at work, <clears throat> if there's a new position that opens up and everyone's applying for it, there are people that are trying to make you lose because they want to win. Oh yeah. So, so I don't. Yeah, I guess it's it is out there occasionally. I just I just also kind of realized how you know all of our every job most people work at they're competing with other locations. If it's a like a franchise or a corporation, they're right. competing with their own locations and they're competing with the competitors. Like in our job, they'd be like the other stores beating us for the week. Blah blah blah. And I, I think that that's. I kind of find it funny because it's not really win or loss. Like it makes no sense to compare those two stores. Right. But I, I see why they do it because they're just trying to motivate people. But I think it's kind of silly because it, I think our whole culture and our society is kind of wrapped around that winning and losing mindset when I don't know if we, we operate in a, I think it comes from a scarcity mindset. We're all operating on a basis of scarcity. Like there's only so much, money so much resources only this many sales it's like saying there's only this many customers so if that store sells more stuff we will lose we won't get to sell as much but maybe that's not even true you know i don't i think that if we switched gears to more of an abundance mindset where we thought about just life as abundant rather than scarce it could change a lot in how we act i i agree um but at the same time scarcity also is a good fuel source for progression now i don't know if that progression is good or not but you could argue that with the scarcity mindset we do get things done more efficiently so i think we're right here we've kind of so we does, kind of are able to define what the game is the scarcity who and who's controlling that does scarcity cause competition then um yeah the the perception of scarcity yeah. breeds competition mm-hmm. is how I would state it. We it's, don't know if there's real scarcity or if it's if it's if it is real if it's controlled like right because and is that a successful business model? Do you think to some point whether they actually blatantly say scarcity is the mindset that we need to kind of play on? I would say scarcity is not our model because with scarcity you don't have growth. And we were based on growth. no, but that's that's why we're saying it might be an illusion of scarcity. So there is an abundance, but I would argue that abundance as a scarcity increases growth. We already have. We no, but think we have, but our abundance. capitalist economy is based on a model of scarcity, like supply and demand. There's no adi- There's nothing else at all. There's no you extra. You need the most demand to stay relevant. But if you have a lot of supply, demand goes down. That's also right, part right. of the model, which is well the the scarcity. We have it on the both scarcity sides. Scarcity is drives up for prices. the demand, not the supply. Yeah. So if supply is heavy, demand goes down. But look at price our price goes down. Look right. at our grocery stores right, right now. You know, people are buying in bulk because they think it's going to run out, but in fact, the supply is big. The lie is, is that they're not saying that we have a whole shitload. Exactly. Of stuff. Exactly. So I I I think I agree. Um, scarcity is what fuels the market, 
more or less, and that that's the game that a lot of big businesses are playing. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I just think that that's kind of a fact of just how it basically that's what the supply and demand curve is. It's it's just like it's it's our like our way of kind of wrapping our mind around the scarcity of resources in the world and then the scarcity of at, as a result of that buyers basically. So yeah, whether or not that's manipulated, I think is a is another question. But I, I well, I think the manipulation is the game that they play right um, so, so maybe we're all stuck in someone else's game that's nail on the head a point that i want to bring up that i was excited to i think you lose when you're playing someone else's game uh, a lot of winning is when you're playing my game because at that point i control the rules i'm not even participating in this actual thing you're, right well uh, yeah because but the thing is <clears throat> You're not you're not beating the people that are that aren't playing the game. You're just using them as pieces to the game. Yeah, and that to be fair, it's a lot to ask of people I to mean, understand the, the, game, that, the game. You do exactly, but I think that's a lot to ask of people to realize the game they're in. Because a lot of people don't care. Well, you know what I mean? Well, well, yeah. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't want to demand that of anyone. It's just kind of something. That I would that, like to think that people about. should observe at least. I, I get what he's Maybe. saying. You know, we're we're not we're, we're not like scholars, philosophers, or anything legit in the eyes of science. But you can't speculate. That's that's the only thing I would want. Oh, other people I have to, get to disagree. I think you can be a philosopher without being recognized. As long as you can think critically, I think you could. I think you could call yourself a philosopher. As long as as long as you're thinking independently, that's good for you. You know, and and it doesn't hurt to take influences, but but I do want to get back to the the point that Brian was bringing. I kind of derailed that a little bit, but yeah, the big the biggest game that's being played right now, especially in the culture we live in, a lot of us we are the pieces of the game, and it still it leads back to scarcity and whatnot. And the in layman's terms, there are big businesses that are playing Monopoly, and we're the pieces or and then let's bring it to the iron, a, on the race car <laughs> let's bring it to chess shoot. A, a chess oh. game even the pawn has a chance to make it across to the other side to become whatever piece it wants it becomes a queen but at that point uh, everything else is dead like at what cost do you have to like, well and that's again that I mean? loops back to me saying to win the game exactly. you have to lose your humanity exactly but dep- that pawn becomes whatever it wants the person who's controlling everything still wins yeah, I mean, yeah, because so there is piece, there is so, a controller. So if you're a piece, you're saying you can never win if as long exactly. as you're a piece, you have to like be a player in yep. the actual game. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Like I understand. It's that. it's yeah. like the person who's actually playing the who the person who the person who feels like they're playing in the game already lost. Basically, if if you're controlling, when it you all. realize you're a pawn, yeah, you haven't won the game. You're, you're the mm-hmm. puppet master though, and you're manipulating everything. Then. But you win. See, and then when we get to that scale, that's actually when I start to think that it's actually really sick. Because, like, you are playing with... You're not playing a game anymore. I mean... But then you could argue that, like, generals during hard times and wars, you would have to call them sick, in essence, because they're also playing a game, but, you know, they are trying to win. And, and I guess it boils down to this. 
as long as the player cares about their pieces, I'm not opposed to it. But when you don't care about your pieces, that's when it starts to get scary to me. Bringing up generals and tacticians, great strategists in war, are they actually... Okay, so a good tactician general, are they actually emotionally invested in the troops? Or or are they like, they have respect for it, but they're able to make a decision. And to make that decision, as you said in your words, you kind of lose your humanity in a sense. Yes. They're a little more cold um, to make it more... You I mean, you have cold. to be at some point. It's, it's not that they... You don't love the individual piece, but you love the idea of the piece. Like when you have to, like for example, D-Day, you knew you were sending a lot of men to a horrible end, but you were doing it for a to, cause. No? Yeah, you were doing it to preserve the cause. You were doing it to preserve the culture of the pieces. You're seeing the bigger picture. Yes, and and, I, and you know you're that just a little pawn the, in the grand scheme. But of you things, still, right? I would argue that. Do they make some cold, calculated decisions? Yes, but that doesn't mean that they don't care about them. Like, but when you go back to big business, you know that they don't care about us because it's the cheapest product for the most money. But when you're talking about war, a good general, because there are generals who are cold and concise, understands what he's about to do with his pieces. He knows the risks of putting the pawn in the diagonal zone of the bishop. But it's a risk he has to take. It's a risk, I guess, is the, is the difference. It's a risk he's willing to take. I don't know. That's rough. Yes, like wartime generals sending their people to, to die. That's, that's an interesting... I like kind of looking at it that way because I think that's kind of mirrors how everything is done with, you know, the CEO of a business choosing to lay off people to keep the rest of the business alive. Right. You Something have to very make real right now. an inhuman decision... To keep the humanity? Is that maybe what they're trying to do? Well, I think when you have that much power, you you gotta. It's kind of just for the. It's like a utilitarian perspective. Like the less, the most good for the most amount of people, the least amount of suffering for. You know. You have to sacrifice for the greater good. It's like, oh, we lay off ten percent of our staff, but then everyone else gets a job still. Or we don't do that, and then the whole thing goes under, and everyone loses their job. Well, the and good we just had the that many. situation in my work. Um, because we're still going through these hard times, and I guess my work had a, a choice of, of laying off a couple people or reducing everyone's hours. And, I mean, they took the to lay off a couple more people, so the rest of us still get our 40 hours. And it's sad, but I, I see where they're coming from. But this, this seems like it's off topic, but it's really not, because what we're discussing now is what's the price that comes with winning and is it worth it sometimes like when i beat brian at anything the price i don't care i, I beat brian the loss hurts <laughs> and any price would be worth it. any price to beat brian but outside of those parameters sometimes winning and this is kind of goes I mean, back to what greg was talking about when he said uh, even if you've winner you still a failure right what is the price that comes with winning certain things? And sometimes is it even worth it to win? I mean, we can look at history for saying that. So we, how we won World War II, we dropped two nukes. And right. what did we do? We looked the world that created a nuclear, a Cold War came after that, devastation to Japan, a world where uh, nuclear bombs were almost every country has them stashed, almost an end of a whole era of civilization just because... 
two nukes were dropped. Right, but then you have to look at the other side of that coin where it was going to be millions of Americans having to storm the Japanese beaches dying in cold blood. So, so was it... I don't know. I don't know. In the end, that was just that was the consequences of winning, and I think there are consequences. There of are winning. consequences of winning mm-hmm. for sure. So therefore, we go back to success versus winning. Well, and you can also boil down the consequences of winning down to any any game you're playing. Like for example, uh, if you're playing Monopoly again, and the consequence of winning is everyone you played with remembers that you won last time. Your next game is going to be a little bit more difficult. Yep, that's right. You're the, you're the title holder. That's right. Or if you betray someone, they're going to be And if you betray that? someone Betrayal. for the price of yeah. winning, my Ooh. God, will they they're, remember. They're you better be next, good at winning. Their whole next game <laughs> will be, be good at I'm going to take you out. And, and now that we're into this realm, um, one of the biggest things about the whole concept is, is the politics. I think the majority of the time... Uh, of winning is by playing the room, not the game. Because it's not just a straightforward race. No, <laughs> it's kind no. of we were talking about earlier. I mean, this is a very, that's a political victory, in in right. a sense. I, in a sense, I think going back to like your generals talking, you're playing the player, not the, the game. Oh, absolutely. I think that's what happens in war is countries are playing each other, and then that's why there's a lot of loss of life from the smaller pawns, which end up being soldiers and people who lose their life. Well, and you can in even pursuit say the of that and like proxy wars too yeah right mm-hmm. that's true this makes me think of quick expert excerpt from science fiction books ender's game child oh, yeah. soldier yeah. child soldier in the academy he's a very brilliant tactician general they train him train him train him he thinks he's playing a simulation the whole time against his opponents who are millions of miles away but he was controlling other kids and people at the same time that reveal the, was heartbreaking and all 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 the, the people that were helping him along the way, they're just like, we can't tell them they're real people because It'll change in order to do view. this, he has to think it's a game so that he can make the most coldest victory setting decisions possible. And he does it and he thinks he won at the end. And then they're like, you, we did it. And then he like looks around the room and he's like, wait a minute. I understand what the fuck just happened to me right now. So, like that type of shit's just fucking crazy to me. Right. What we're talking right. about. Yeah. Well, and that's that again, he won because there was no human element involved. Mm-hmm. Had he known he wouldn't have won. Hence Ender's game. Mm-hmm. So do you to win sometimes you have to take yourself out of the situation? Well and not care. But that's where the real that's where the real uh conflict lies within me. Um is it worth it? To remove your morality, I, I don't this, know. This is why I sometimes I joke. I, I'll say I think like all politicians or people on that level are psychopaths. Because I think, oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can have a high level of empathy and make to, some, to some quote of those, unquote win and make some of those empathetic. decisions. You, well, you'll lose. You mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is you you'll lose. You won't even enjoy the game. Your team won't win, and so. I'm not saying those people are bad people, but you you need someone that lacks that human empathy in a way sometimes to make those decisions. I just thought about how an AI war would be so ugly because those guys oh would not give God. a fuck. It would fuck. be straight strategic all, advantage. Yeah, just all what strategy. If, what if that's the future? They like computers can now program our war strategies, and here's how we're gonna go about it. You just listen to this program here oh. and go. I mean. If you're going to talk about that, it would be the most efficient, but there's no there's no humanity in those choices, and I don't necessarily like that. I mean, 
when when you're just talking about a localized game, it's okay to be heartless, I think. But the the bigger the scale, the more uh, psychopathic you become if you don't have that empathy. I mean, the things we do to win at like our dumb, you know, we'll go to the park and play dumb games or video games. We go, we almost like intentionally go to just the most ridiculous lengths to win, and it's it's out of it's a joke to us, but. I think there's actually some truth, some bitter truth behind that. Oh, yeah. Like maybe something programmed into us. Yeah, we're just kind of, I think we're poking at some deeper truth that we are all kind of aware of. We're, we would risk it to win if we, if we were in that situation, <laughs> right? So let's make, it, let's make it the most local game I possibly know at Rock, Paper, Scissors. Rock, Paper, you know, Scissors. So what, what, what is the mindset of... Of that, how do you obtain victory from your opponent? You have that? to read the other person. You I always mean, you're not do. playing rock. There paper, are scissors. strategies for rock paper scissors. Mm-hmm. Like the most common thing is, I think rock. May, well, yeah. So they the say always throw rock, paper, paper or something. Scissors. So people are just automatically going with rock. Is some of the the logic behind? There's that. like you can look up strategies of what people like their personality will throw most. Yeah, likely. yeah, and also yeah, it's a personality game because um, you can also start to read people's patterns because m- most people play rock paper scissors in a in a rhythm so they'll throw paper scissors rock and then they'll go back to paper scissors rock because they're just it's their strategy maybe they haven't even realized it's their their hidden uh, motif i i used to do that honestly <laughs> you can look you might i there's, think it is playing some people i could read when i was right it's, yeah you can read some people more likely yeah oh man i had this coworker that we would we would always play rock paper scissors to see who could go home early and i just beat him like six times in a row and then we started flipping a coin because it was just i just knew what he was gonna throw right i, I don't know how i just looked at his face i was like this is paper all day i, I don't know i just could tell <laughs> so i think we talked earlier about how you're not really playing the game you're playing the the person or the room rock paper scissors might be the best example of that because that game has almost no i mean there, there's strategy involved like g money said but it's it's not a game that you can't really play the game like how you can play chess. Like you can you can truly get into the structure of that game and play chess. Absolutely. More than you're playing your opponent, but with rock paper scissors, I think it's like 80% your opponent. You're reading them, you're thinking about how their mood, what they what the conversation was like. If if it was heated, they're probably going to throw rock. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. they're you know, you're doing shotgun to get in the car, who's going to sit in the the passenger seat? Boom, rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> this guy's throwing rock. Just a look on that person's face. Like, <laughs> he thinks I'm not going to throw rock. <laughs> what a child. <laughs> well, and see, this comes to the, my whole thing earlier when I was talking about sometimes I'll lose to win. Like, if, if we're playing rock, paper, scissors and the stakes aren't very high, <laughs> I'll tell someone, I'll look them dead in the eyes and be like, I hope you're ready because I'm throwing rock. And then I'll throw a rock. And then, um, you know, as when the stakes are actually high, I'll look them in the eyes and be like, I'm going to throw a rock. And now they think <laughs> I'm going to throw a rock. So they'll throw their paper while I throw my scissors and I've won the game. I'm going <laughs> to write the these con. down in my notes real quick. <laughs> Nolan's strategy. That's why you always match what they're going to say. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid strategy. That's interesting. Because they're like, I'm going to throw a rock. You throw a rock, you win. They think you're going to throw a paper, they'll throw scissors, they lose. Yeah, true. So you just match what they say true but that's that's, that's the chess game yeah (laughs) right Um, and it's just it's funny because i could tell we're the four of us are pretty competitive i don't know if it's coming off like that but 
especially with each other our competitive levels are kind of not okay you said anything they're to off the beat charts me. i guess i did say that but i said it mellow I love, but i, I mean it though i am going what I'm to beat you yeah you heard it here audience i'm a victim but it's kind of uh, oh my god and see now he's trying to play you my lovely listeners don't don't listen to him uh but it's fun to talk about kind of the mechanics of uh strategies on how to win or lose and uh i love when when there's people who are playing just to win at any cost necessary and you know how to kind of play around with that Mm -hmm. and make deals with them and whatnot like uh you're controlling the game oh you know what that just made me think about some people really don't know how to win because they don't know how to lose sometimes like yeah i we play this dumb like fighting game and our old roommate sergio would Mm -hmm. never he would never get it, like in the right mindset. So like there'd be three of us playing, right? And like we've me and Sergio are both down to one life. Brian's got like three lives, and Sergio just starts attacking me, and I'm I'm he's like, well, I'm not gonna form an alliance with you because I don't trust you. I'm like, dude, it's not an alliance. It's just an unspoken <laughs> it's survival. Thing. It's, yeah, it's not an alliance, but it's like that is not the mind of a strategist. No, no. Be- because f- for me, it's automatic. I immediately switch to we I'm gonna to kill get that everyone guy. On back I'm, to the I'm same not gonna hit field. this guy as much and. I, if I, I think on a real battlefield, I would do that, and I would survive right. where that kid would get would die because he never won. And, and in fact, I was never able to win while playing with him because he would make sure we both lost every time. Welcome to my life playing Smash, Super Smash Bros. It's so That's what he's talking about. I have, there, whenever I load into that game to play with them, there is an unspoken bond that's just everyone's going to knock Nolan out immediately. Monkey, monkey, <laughs> monkey. I know it because I load in and I see Killian immediately come for me. Wherever Brian is on the map, he's coming to find me. I know, I know, but... <laughs> And you guys have seen this occasionally. I can weasel out of that and take a win, because what I do is I get you guys to accidentally start hitting each other, and then it's an all-out brawl between the two as, people that as were hunting Josh me. says, just let nature take its course; <laughs> it'll even itself out. He <laughs> says, as I kill myself, <laughs> as I fall off the map. I mean, like if, for example, with Tate's scenario, that's exactly correct. To give you a better chance of winning, let nature take its course. We got to take him down, right? Or the two big dogs have to kill each other, and then you and come you in. have to just stand by and let them. I mean, exactly. that's a legitimate strategy. Mm-hmm. But when there's one big dog and there's two little dogs, and you the, have to work together, you, you can't mm-hmm. act like it's an even competition at that. It's point. not. You, you can't because you will. You you already know the moment you don't strategize, it's already over. The person that had the upper hand already won if you don't adjust your strategy. So I just found that interesting, and I and I and I even would talk to him, and be like, "Dude, don't you get that we're gonna? This is." <laughs> I I would be like, I would just look over after the end, and be like, "We lost again. Don't you understand that this will happen for the next hour? Like the the whole rest of the time we're playing this game today, we're gonna never dude, win. Dude, you don't even we'll know. never win one every and he would just, time. And he wouldn't get it. He'd be oh like, "No, dude, God. I'm not gonna form an alliance with you. I'm just like a vindictive. It's attitude. the same with beans. Yeah. Uh, beans can almost never win because he doesn't understand. This is those a person. Concepts. This is a nickname." Yeah, it's, it's another one of our friends. We call him Beans. Um, Not literally a can of beans. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes it feels like <laughs> it. <though. laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It is so tough sometimes trying to explain to people who don't want to accept strategy. And and just on a, like kind of a tangent, when people don't think about strategy, oh my Lord, does my blood boil, man. Cause it's, yeah. And that, that's the competitive side in me. It's like, 
if we don't work together right now, <laughs> we both lose. Like, I know you, you hate me try, right now. <laughs> you have to try and convey that calmly because you can't, you can't elicit an emotional response from the other party. So it's just, listen, we're going to lose <laughs> unless we work together. And then when they betray you, the overwhelming anger. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, it, it's that's why I think it's always fun to to take a, a step back and kind of look at the the strategies and you know gears working on on uh, strategic things because you can and you can apply this to any walk of life honestly uh, any of these philosophies it's just it, it all boils down to perception more or less I think that's kind of what we're getting at with all this is like winning and losing is all perspective it's kind of like how you internalize it. But then there's also the real world version, like the outcome is a real thing, but how you perceive it up until that moment really affects the actual outcome too. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I just want to make it clear to our, uh, our listeners, all of this goes out the window when it's a game with Brian. I will do anything to watch him lose. And I don't know why. I honestly don't so know why. You win in such a shitty way. <laughs> How? Oh well, actually, that leads that leads to. I another remember in Mario Party, I was about to win. And... No, <laughs> that <laughs> actually little luck. That comes to Save. another another part of the game that people don't think about. When the game is over, the game still isn't over because if if you're a shitty winner, quote unquote, people will also remember that. So the game the game never really ends in any aspect it's kind of about being a good sport mm -hmm. if you're a shitty winner no one wants to see you win and if you're a and bad people will take you down brian i feel and that, if you're yeah. a bad loser no one wants to see you win either they're mm -hmm. gonna make sure you keep losing mm -hmm. well, that's true but it's fun that way though Oh, well, yeah. no, it's not because it's a strategy that you use, and unless I know you, you use it unless to get me emotional, and then I start making horrible decisions. I know how you work; I just can't stop it yet. <laughs> I mean, you can be a shitty winner if you know you're always going to win. That's also a fair point. Yeah. What about you? Just have your natural ability to just defeat everyone. Yeah, like, and you're like, oh, come see, at though, me. That's also like, I'm going to take you out. But that's also <laughs> a strategy because. Down. You know you're going to win, so instead of letting them think about it rationally, you elicit their emotional response of anger. So then they <laughs> fall into the same strategies because they're frustrated. Isn't that what that one fighter like Conor McGregor would always do? He, would, he, I feel like he's like a UFC guy. Yeah, and he would just piss other people off so much. I think he won. I bet he won some of his fights because they were just seeing well, red the whole time. Yeah, and that that's one of the biggest strategies of the game is eliciting emotional responses because then your your club your uh your judgment is then clouded mm -hmm. and i mean like you're not a human if you don't let your judgment get clouded occasionally so it's okay but one of the best things to work on is is seeing with that clear mind but that being said on the other hand you're eliminating your human emotional responses to win. So there you go again with the dehumanizing. So to win, you have to be give up your human. Yeah, response. you have to be a cold-blooded reptile yep. named Brian. What to win? You have to give up your emotions. <laughs> I have plenty of emotions. Because then you just—that's how I win. So maybe the best winner, though, like the ultimate leader, you could say, like real leader of other people and a winner. Um, would be able to kind of keep that emotional brain intact while they bypass it somewhat and kind of like make the decision calculatedly. They calculate the decision, but they keep the emotional part there. 
Yeah. It, are, I'm just, is that even possible? Are there people that can do that? My, I, I think the best kind of winner is after they win, they explain to you why you lost because they want a better match in the future. Mm. You know what I mean? That's a good point. That's why, yeah. like, uh, if I'll win a game and I know wh- how or why I won, I'll explain it because I, I want to have a challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, that That's part of, like, why I love playing with people. It's just, like, beat me. I'm not the best, you know, but like beat me wow. and beat me because I just want to. I just want to keep why playing. We get so frustrated. I just want that like button if you get it. All I'm saying is I just want to keep playing and I don't want the game to stop. And it's fun and you will. Like I'm saying, people will catch up to you and then you'll be like, "Holy shit, what the fuck? What did I just create?" Yeah, but that's fun though. Right. To right. Me. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I hate Brian. I just I can't <laughs> stress that enough, you guys. yeah so i think we learned well we kind of nailed down our own definitions of winning and losing um and success and failure should we recap some of those things that i think we kind of formed some conclusions here i think so so what i took away one of the things was that there's a there's a difference between success and failure and winning and losing Mm-hmm. Definitely. At what yeah. cost will you win? What's your price? Right. You know? Yeah. Sometimes winning isn't worth it. Um, that's kind of one of them. I agree, though, with Tate. I think one of the biggest lessons is you can win and still fail. Um, also, I think that that was just kind of the best thing for me that came out of this is is how real that is. Yeah. Oh, you know, one one real world example of that is I saw I was reading something about the Buffalo Bills and they went to like four Super Bowls and lost all of them. But it was four back to back some at some point in time. I don't even know when it was, but that's like pretty amazing. I, I, yeah, I was just reading is. an interview from one of the players and they were like, are you would you rather win one or go and lose all four? And they said, lose all four because that's more unique. And it was an amazing experience. So, I mean, if you're in second place. How much of a loser are you really in, in that? Oh, type of I don't know. If we're gonna get into the, if we're gonna get into the philosophy of second place, <laughs> we okay. We have I to. We gotta get into second place. Second then. place because you're talking just the about biggest that. loser. It means, yeah, it means you're the worst loser because you are almost the best. <laughs> you're the best loser. One person. Yeah, one one thing stands in front you're of just, you. You're just you're king of you're the, the losers. Best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it makes my play. I never like even in even when we play like Mario Party and stuff. I make sure I'm not in second. I'm either in first or lower. Because you know? then you can, if you're in third, you're like at least I wasn't last. Yeah, because you're like okay, I I kind of stood my ground. And if if you're in last, you can make excuses, right, man? I really I like, fucked everyone up. just destroyed. But when you're in second, me. hey, congratulations, man! Someone's better than you. They'll always be better than you, and you're always second place. And everyone else and is you're like, the dude, best of the loser. Yeah. They're like, dude, what the fuck happened? We were counting on you. <laughs> Why'd you yeah. get second? Like, why don't you yeah. go talk to whoever got second place uh, in the 100 meter dash with uh, Usain Bolt? Oh, wait, you can't. Who the what? fuck exactly. got second place next to Usain Bolt? I don't know who they are. I, I, I know who Usain Bolt is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why second, the worst. Because if you're third, you're like, all right, there's a line ahead of me. <laughs> second, you're just one step away from being right. the winner. Right. And you're oh. not the winner, though. There's one. It's not even like, it's not there's there's a number of people ahead of you. There's one person. You know, it's like you. it's like there's a tiny gap between third and second, but there's an infinite space between yeah. second and first. Yeah. That's yep. what, 
Yeah, that's my philosophy Avoid. on second. Don't be second ever. <laughs> At that point, from second to first, why didn't you just or having that? What what yeah, is that sure. one obstacle? First, you're like, I think it's the your your own self perception of like you got you got too heated, you didn't make the right decisions to overcome that to be on the same place where first. Yeah, because it's it's probably not skill. Mm-hmm. That's that not point. the reason why at you that got point, second. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's either a series of unfortunate events, lemony snicket, or sure, yeah. um, or it's your own self doubt, maybe. But yeah, dude, don't be second. If you could take anything away from all of this, don't, <laughs> don't be second place. <laughs> it's the most bitter. Yeah, it places. is. Yeah, nobody feels good about being second. <laughs> Are you playing a game on your phone right now? <laughs> you Are you winning right now? What is that? A fish or something? <laughs> it's a stegosaurus kind of. What thing. the hell? <laughs> I'm collecting DNA. Don't worry. What? Oh my god. Why do you need to do that right now? Because it's here. <laughs> <laughs> How do you win at that? Why do people like you mobile don't. games? Right? Is it you don't? Why, Why do, do people, people like, like mobile what? games? Yeah. I think it's because we have a short attention span. And also you can play it anywhere. You're bored. You always have your phone on you. You, you win a little prize. You, you get a little hit there. of dopamine every time yeah. you go in mm. there. And you know the other thing about mobile games? You always feel like you're winning. Yeah. Well, sure. yeah. They, they make them so you feel like you're winning. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. It's a little burst of dopamine. <laughs> I'm good at something. Did you get some dopamine bursts from... Oh, yeah. yeah. I get all the dopamine. <laughs> <laughs> Which dinosaur... It's, it's almost as good as BD. <laughs> you all want to be That's good disgusting. At Which dinosaur gives you the best dopamine rush? Is that what oh, you're playing? Oh, a T-Rex. <laughs> 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 I fucking need that DNA. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That T-Rex... Uh, audience, uh, five likes for T-Rex dopamine. Seven likes for Stegosaurus. Uh, here's what we're going to do, actually. You know who didn't we, uh, win? The dinosaurs. Well, we're going to throw a thumbs down button on all our posts. And if you just don't like Brian, thumbs down everything. Cause we'll take that as an anti-Brian thumb. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand thumbs down, I'll give you my personal address <laughs> and phone number. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him to shave that mustache. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, 10 true. likes, mustache reveal. Ooh, you're <laughs> not going to like it. 11 likes mustache shave no reveal oh i guess it's just gone it feels like we're kind of at a wrapping up point so we should uh we should also let everyone know we are starting to be professionals about this and we're we're trying to get off of soundcloud right now we're hopefully moving to spotify except for my mixtape it's on soundcloud greg's That's gonna be staying is, on soundcloud it's straight up absolutely on fire soundcloud. <laughs> it's only it's on soundcloud this always be on <laughs> yeah it's a real bop yeah, so uh, we're going to be on Spotify here real quick. Um, hopefully, is it, is it Apple Podcast? We'll see. We're doing a thingy where you go on, it puts it on everything. So it should be Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and a few other ones. Maybe iHeartRadio or something. Or Is that one of them? I don't know. Maybe. But In we'll the end, just go to our Facebook page, like and subscribe, and you'll find all our links. Mm-hmm. And if you want to sponsor us, we'll talk about all your products and for for 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Tops. We'll talk about anything. I'll fucking... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Everything but, but the kids trucks. Kitchen if, you, if you want us to sell sinks for <laughs> yeah. you, you are barking up the wrong. Yeah, that, this is the Absolutely. wrong. You need to get yeah. the fuck out of there because you're losing. Doors, <laughs> get the fuck in here. 
winning. Yeah. Sinks, fuck out. Doors, yeah, what are you, other appliances, I, I'm about refrigerators. Oh, I'll talk about stuff. a stove all day. I mean, come on. Stoves are interesting. Freezer is important, man. Top 10 things, I top see. 10 stove videos coming at you next week on our stove YouTube. Just made that up right now. Um, we love stoves.com. Yeah. And this is to all the winners out there. Like and subscribe. And thank you for listening. <laughs> Big thank you to stoves.com for sponsoring this week's episode. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>